will be back, ladies and gentlemen, with the family some other time. But there are all no women in studio. I think this might be the first time that no women are in studio. I doubt that. Yeah, you might be right, but I can't remember a time. Can you? I mean, after how many thousands of episodes, you kind of forget the uh, well, individual ones. <laughs> you might have a point there. There's a possibility. You just might have a point there. Anyway, welcome to the family with... Dave Schrader. And Andy Bernard. And me. And that's everybody. I mean, yeah. we got everybody now. I mean, <laughs> none of the women showed up. They're like, oh, I gotta go Christmas shopping. Like, it's December 22nd. Well, Mom texted me and she said, I won't be coming in. I'm talking to the Virginia. Can the you, Virginia? Can you guess what that means? I'm talking to the Virginia. I have no idea what that would mean. The VA. Why would she say the Virginia? The car said Virginia because she wrote VA. Oh, I see what you're saying. In her text. Okay. Yeah. I was like, I'm talking to the Virginia. Yeah, she's trying to get her dad teed up, so that'll be good. Been trying to do that for like what, 70 years or so? 94 years. We'll be right back to kick (laughs) things off. Michael Bryant, Brad, Sean Bryant. What's the latest? Uh, we're just trying to represent people who have been injured through no fault of their own. We're trying to talk to them before they talk to an adjuster or before they take a settlement that isn't something they should get based upon their injuries. How many people are out there in different, not in the law business, that love to run around scaring people before you even get to them? Well, adjusters will want to settle cases right. and they want to close files. So based upon that, they do what they have to. Um, I think there's a lot of circumstances where they probably act as attorneys where they're not attorneys and they try yeah. to explain people's rights or they give them a certain view that if they look at it. And what I always say is this. If the adjuster really, truly thinks the offer they made makes sense, they'd have them come see us. You know? And that's exactly my question is you have to understand who has the best, your best interest in mind, correct? Well, you want to know what your rights are. You know, whether yep. or not you decide yep. you're going to hire us or not, that's a choice. It's a free consultation, and you want to understand what your, all your rights are and what coverages you have. And plus the fact, I hang out with you, so you got to be a good guy <laughs> if I'm hanging out with you. Uh, maybe. <laughs> uh, okay. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Tommy, I never believed it until now, but apparently you're a pretty big deal. Was well, there ever a question in your mind? Well, you might say I was a doubting Thomas. See what I did there? Yes, how incredibly clever. Anyway, what's your point? Well, last month I was trying to find you a car to replace the Mafia Mobile and suggested leasing a Nissan Altima as it was impossible to find your first choice. I love that Altima, and I'm actually looking forward to checking out the all-wheel drive as soon as it's known. Well, apparently someone at Nissan was listening to us, and at this month, at Coon Rapids Nissan and Burnsville Nissan, we can offer short-term 18-month leases. That's actually pretty smart. By then, the chip shortage will be over, right? Man, I hope so. The only chip shortage I want to hear about is Bilski dumping one into the bunker. (laughs) By the way, for the first time ever, Coon Rapids Nissan was number one in the state, and Burnsville was number two. Your Altima was actually one of the cars that put J-Lo on top. To learn more about short-term leasing, stop into Burnsville Nissan or Coon Rapids Nissan. That's right. This is not the, what is it, Roy Orbison? No, this is my buddy Rick Lindy. Yes, it is. Oh, that's right. It's Rick Lindy and the Wild Ones. Yeah. Walking down the street. Funny, when when we were kids, Tim, or Rick was real heavy set. He was um, uncomfortable in who he was. And he had this great singing voice. So he would, we'd sit in his bedroom, but he had to have the lights off and he'd play his guitar and he'd sing. And I'm like, dude, you got to get up on stage. He's like, no, no way. And he would just knock out, and he liked the old country stuff. It was just great. Um, and I just kept encouraging him. And finally, we found an open mic night and he went up and just flourished. People loved him on stage. And now he's been performing for like 30 years and just great performer, great singer, good guy. I understand that Jamie is also a great singer. <clears throat> Jamie Kaler is a good singer. Jamie Kaler can belt it out from what I understand. He does, actually. You've seen him on his uh, videos for the Parents' Lounge and on his website where he's playing guitar and singing a little Bruce Springsteen from time to time. He's a hell of a singer. Well, Jason time, Gowan, not so much. Last time he was on, he sang us uh, Having My Baby because we were supposed to have, uh, <laughs> what's his name? The singer of that song on. Oh, oh. Paul Anka. Paul Anka, and then he <laughs> canceled you're about on your him. son. Yeah, we're supposed to have... Uh, oh, whatever the, the kid's guy, name is. Baby. I can't remember the kid. He's yeah. got a name. I don't know what it is. Yeah, Paul Anka was going to be on. Matter of fact, i got to call Paul. Because I'm supposed to have dinner with him in a couple of weeks, and I haven't talked to him in a couple of months, so it might be time to give him a buzz. But um, 
Yeah, Jamie. Is Jamie with us? Yes. Jamie. It was Christmas time. <laughs> in the city. In the drunk what? tank. <laughs> in the drunk tank. Okay. And all, uh, the Pogues, a fairy tale of New York. That's yeah. my that's my Christmas song I was listening to all morning. I got to tell you. Favorite. I got to tell you guys. And, and, de- and Oh, I'm sorry. You weren't finished. Go ahead, sir. Well, no, I was done. Trust me, I'm long done. <laughs> I'm long done. I got to tell Dave a story, and I want to tell you guys at the same time. So I'm sitting around the other night. We're streaming now. It's like, yeah, I don't want to watch this. I don't want to watch that. I tuned into an episode of the Johnny Carson show from, uh, I believe it was October of 1980. So 41 years ago, hmm. right? <clears throat> Johnny Carson was so much better than anybody else that's ever done that job. It's not even close. He was by far the best in history, no doubt. And the guys today, all three of them together, eight of them or how many of there are, good luck to you. But uh, I want to run this by you guys to see if you think that this joke could be told in this day and age. Oh, God. All right. So <clears throat> my buddy Rodney Dangerfield walks out on stage, and he's just killing it. I mean, he's killing it. <clears throat> Everybody's just roaring. He was on to promote a new movie coming out called Caddyshack. No, oh, nice. So <laughs> I'm watching this thing, and here's the joke that Rodney Dangerfield <laughs> told. I'm pretty sure that the woke women of the world would not care for this joke. Company goes, hey, Johnny, how you doing, man? Nice talking to you. How's everything going, you know? Uh, I got to tell you, Johnny... You know, I'm fat. I'm a little fat. You know, I'm kind of fat. But I was dating this woman, and she was, like, really fat. I mean, like, really, really fat, Johnny. As a matter of fact, I once hit her with my car. And she said, why don't you just go around me? And I said, I didn't think I had enough gas. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So there is good. no it's way tough. you could tell that joke now with the woke women out there, man. No way. No, it's it's actually okay. Jamie, isn't this what they're saying? You can't pick on, on any ethnicity. You can't pick on uh, women or sexuality, but fat people are always in play. Are they? <laughs> that seems like the one thing everybody is still allowed to attack. That's is, is changing, fat definitely. It but it's changing defin- they were the last ones to get that protection, I'd say. Just when Roddy Dangefield would walk out on stage and just say, let me tell you, when I was a kid, you know, that was it for me. It just killed me. I loved it, and I always will. It's so funny you say that because I I actually just worked with Jim Gaffigan, who got my boys together for four years. His new special just came out last night. Yeah, we just watched it. Yeah, Great guy. So So we were having a conversation because, you know, Chappelle, during his last special, basically called himself the GOAT, the greatest of all time. And I love Chappelle. I mm-hmm. love yep, Dave Chappelle. Yep, yep. I think he's fantastic. I don't know if he's so much a philosopher or a comedian anymore. I don't find myself laughing out loud, but he's immensely watchable. Right. Like, he's fantastic. And I still, I think Gaffigan's one of the greats of all time. Like, I the agree. economy of words is yep. amazing. But we had this conversation, and I said the greatest of all time is Rodney Dangerfield because oh, yeah. he... Within the first two sentences, you know exactly who this guy is. You can tell <laughs> that joke. Watch watch somebody else's set from 1980 on The Tonight Show. Try right. to tell those jokes. They're terrible. Dangerfield, you could tell those jokes in 1935, and they would crush. Yes. You could tell them tomorrow, and they would crush. Very funny. He's timeless. He is timeless. timeless. Yep, he and is. he's sincerely, I think, to me... And I'm, I'm, Richard Pryor was the one that changed it for me because it was autobiographical. No doubt. No but as doubt far about as a it. Stand up comedian, set up punchline joke teller, Rodney Dangerfield, greatest of all time. Do you think the most brilliant uh, partnership compilation was uh, Blazing Saddles? I mean, Richard Pryor and Mel Brooks together? Are you kidding me? I know. It was supposed oh. to be him. They couldn't insure him, so it ended up having to be Cleavon Little. But <laughs> exactly. originally, it was Richard Pryor. He wrote right. the script, and then the insurance people were like, we can't insure this guy. He's a horrible drug addict. He's a drug addict. And, yep, uh, they wouldn't do it. Yeah. A horrible drug drug addict? Are there good drug addicts as well? well actually, I, I misspoke. He's Some a, of them he's get missed, missed, uh, quoted Dave. <laughs> Jason Gowan. Jamie Kaler from the Parents Lounge podcast with us. Uh, Jamie Kaler, of course, a good comedian and an actor, podcast activist for short guys that, uh, you know, he has to partner with to do podcasts. That's Jason Gowan. Oh, that would be Jason. You put that together, so shush. 
<laughs> I did. I introduced yeah, these did. two. Oh, you did? Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, yeah, so I was there you uh, go. helping out with the original version of their podcast, and these two linked up, and now you can hear them every week, and they talk about being parents, and they've got other great uh, contributors that, that join their show uh, and, and talk about what it's like for the... Uh, for the beleaguered, beleaguered parents. And Gaffigan's new comedy special, guys, he goes, he just attacks COVID from every angle yeah, in this yeah, comedy special yeah. and goes after being a family man and dealing with COVID and parents and, and everything. It is so good. If anybody uh, has Netflix, go check it out. You got to see it for yourself. But it was well worth it. Have you had a chance to check it out yet, Jamie? I haven't seen it yet. It came out last night, but I'm definitely going to watch it. But I, I saw some of the clips, but, it, you know, for a guy who can do two hours on bread, yeah, I can't yeah. wait to see what he does with COVID. Yeah. Hot pockets. Hot pockets, right. Like, and, yeah. But with COVID, he actually – and you, he takes it from both sides. So he says some stuff that will piss off some people, but and then he goes on the other side where he's protective of it, and it's just funny to see him roll it out. And he, he has that droll way of delivering a line oh, God, that, just, that just slays. Uh, yeah. and, and, and it makes you think. So he's kind of got that philosopher's, you know, like the mm-hmm. stand-up philosopher Mel Brooks from uh, from History of the World Part 1. Uh, but it's just he is so good at, at kind of capturing how everybody's felt he, the last two years. Right. He is a wordsmith. His economy of words are yep. when you if you could you could read you could write his joke down, read it, and you would laugh yourself. Yeah. Like it's, he doesn't waste a word. He's a super smart cat, and that's what I loved about him too. We had long conversations where, like you know, it's so funny. He's right in the middle. He he's able to see everything from both sides, which right. I think a lot of this country's not. We look at it from our own megaphone point of view, as opposed to putting yourself on the other side. Like I watch both. I watch all the news channels. And then find myself somewhere in the middle, and you see how people, you know, are put their own spin on stuff. But if you can cut through the, the middle, you can see that we're all just trying to get through this thing with our families. Yeah. And, you know, it's, yep. a, nightmare. it's a nightmare. Andy, how old were you when Jim Gaffigan, uh, you first met Jim? Uh, like God. 16, yeah. 17? Late teens, I'd say. Late teens. Uh, remember the gift that Jim Gaffigan gave you the first time you met him? Yes, I do. Do you still have it? I don't know where it went. I moved like four times since then. So I lost I bring, a lot of stuff. I bring my 16-year-old son backstage to meet Jim Gaffigan. Well, actually, the, my wife, our daughter, and Andy, our son, who's the engineer on this show. So I introduce him to Jim Gaffigan, and Jim walks away, comes back with a poster. And it was a poster of Jim Gaffigan. And what did it say on the poster, Andy? I think it said, congratulations on getting out of prison. <laughs> Which, by the way, is libel. Yeah, by the way, that's libelous. But you know, he gives a 16-year-old kid a poster that says, "Congratulations on getting out of prison." That's awesome. <laughs> Jim's a great guy. Very accommodating. Really nice man. Yeah. No doubt about it. I'm talking yeah, to, to Jason this, mo- this morning, right? Gowan and I, and we're BSing. And Tom, I got to know. I mean, obviously, Andy's hyper intelligent. Do you remember having Obviously. the first conversation? <laughs> well, you're you're always so quick, and you know the background on so many different things. But do you remember having the conversation and, and telling him about, you know, body parts and male stuff? And did you have nicknames for for those bits, or were you just very analytic? It's a it's a penis. I, I literally went with the Hebrew Schwanstucker. Schwanstucker. Yeah, Schwanstucker. I wish I had gone with that now. <laughs> Jason, you can hear it's all yours. You know, Andy, your Schwanstucker needs to be kept private. And what what happened to you, Jason? So we <laughs> we were talking about the parents' lounge that we, you know, it was probably best to give him the proper names for things, so that he's not going to school and and, and you know asking saying you know. I got to pee. My pee-pee bug hurts. I just thought at this point we're getting, we're six years old. Pee-pee bug is probably not the the name we want to go forward with. And so we introduced the name penis to him. Yes. We are standing in Michael's picking up gifts for my in-laws. And my son goes, hey, penis is a fun word to say, isn't it, dad? And then he just like, he had, it was like, he just couldn't even control it at that point. And he's just randomly going, penis. 
Penis, penis, <laughs> trying out in different, different, like different. Like, there's just seeing how it, you know, how it rolls off the tongue. And I'm like, okay, all right. He's like, but you told me it was okay to say penis, penis, <laughs> and he's like announcing it. And I, I'm like, all right, we need to leave. There and this go. woman comes up and goes, well, he's certainly using that word properly, isn't he? And I was like, yes, thank you. Oh my god. I mean, Jason, that we, I mean, none of us have really learned how to control it. No, no, that's true. No, but I don't announce it every time I go to a store either. <laughs> I do I mean, actually, still. I, I do. <laughs> do, you do you? Hey, everybody, I'm here, and here is my penis. Here's my penis. <laughs> I give it the you know, growl evil voice. Wow. It is wonderful. It's very. I use a different term, guys. I use the term tallywhacker. Tallywhacker. Yeah, tallywhacker. It's very British of you. Makes a bolder statement. Yeah, it is very British, Jason. You're absolutely right about that. There's no oh, question. Right. We got to get you guys on the proper. We got to get you guys on the KQ Morning Show one of these days. Jamie's been on, but Jason, we've never had you on. So we got to get you guys on the. I do a morning show in town for about the last 300 years or whatever it's been. Yeah, it's been and someday it's going to happen. Someday you just stick with it, Tom. It'll, someday the people are going to find you and they're going to like this show. Hit big. Yeah, 36 years on the same morning show. It's just odd. Isn't that bizarre? Yeah. We want to come there live uh, this summer. We want to come do a Parents' Lounge show live there. Oh, you uh, got to. Absolutely. That would be fantastic. We'll, uh, we'll do a nice Schrader grilling. They nice. did a great yeah. show, and uh, the Parents' Lounge live with the two of them on stage. It was very, you know how at the end of like the blue-collar comedy tour, they'd have the comedians come out on stage yeah, together? Yeah, yeah. That's what yep. these two did through this comedy show. It was I hysterical. Love that. Love and, that. and just bouncing fun. off each other very... Innovative, very uh, improvisational, and it was hilarious. And yeah, you guys, now you're taking it on the road, right? Well, we're trying to. As soon as, as soon, <laughs> yes, as soon as the road, yeah. <laughs> as soon as road. COVID clears the road, <laughs> I guess the road. And as soon as my wife allows me to leave uh, the children, then yeah. uh, it'll all yeah. <laughs> That's kind of my thing too. Is that whether or not my wife will allow me to leave uh, the twins home with her? Or if she'll force me to take them with me. Yeah. Well, well, that's the beauty of our virtual show. We do it every kind of it's been kind of become the creative outlet without traveling. So it's been super fun and people comment live and Schrader's done it a bunch of times. You'll have to come do the show with us and, and uh it's super fun and and uh it's really funny to see people's comments and questions as they kind of tag along and you I mean, guys are on much too late for Tom. Yeah, the hell of parenting, you know. Tom's in bed by six thirty. You know, I woke up this morning at at midnight. Did you? I woke up we'll, at midnight. We'll pre-record yours. There you go. <laughs> hey, yeah, there you it, go. If I do it, is it okay if I, when I come on stage, I can do the very last uh, live comedy act that Michael Richards did? I just like to repeat. <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> you no, know, no, uh, no you, you don't want that one? No. First of all, it's been well, done. <laughs> yes, it's been done all right. <laughs> and uh, it's really hard to top once you've nailed it, right? And he nailed it. Okay, so Jamie and Jason, how do you get in your head that that's a good way to talk on stage? How did he ever get there? Drugs? It, probably drugs. Probably, probably. Anger, true. definitely anger. Oh, definitely yes. anger. Absolutely yeah. some anger. <laughs> anger do you think? Well, I also think. <laughs> I hate breathing. <laughs> he never wrote a joke in his life. Like, the beauty of what we do is that we have full acts. Right, that, right. You know, the train's on the tracks, and yeah, the train might make a stop and go off on some woman who won't shut up in the audience for the next <laughs> 10 minutes. But after we're done at that station, we get right back on the train and go, right, keep going forward. I, he didn't have it, and when the guy started yelling at him, he, I mean, he's, I don't think he's a racist dude. He no, just, I don't either. He was he was reaching for any weapon in his pocket. I don't know. And so, no, Slipping it out once on, is kind of, is uh, maybe he's not racist. He repeated it over and over. Do you think he well, just broke? About 50 well, the vibe I, I got was that he said it I once. He was frustrated and flustered, and the guy got the better of yep. him, and yep. uh, he let it rip. I think, yeah, he said it once. You, would, you know, if, if somebody got your goat and they were overweight, you might crack a couple fat jokes. If a guy, if somebody was picking on you, you know, when you were a kid and they, you know, it's something, you're just, you're reaching for straws. I, I don't feel like he's really, you know. Well, I, I think know. he realized what he had done. He's not in the clan. Yeah. He, he was <laughs> like, oh, well, yes. I'm beyond the pale now, so I'm just going to go as hard <laughs> at it as up. I possibly can and try to take it to an absurd. Because then he started talking about the audience, calling them sick mother effers and stuff. Right. He just kind of went into this like, well, if I'm just offensive as hell to everyone, then I'm right. offensive to no right. one. But that's not quite how it works. Not quite how it no. works. No. 
It was no a little question. too, a little too late. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. you, in the in the days now, like back in the day, like Dangerfield's days, you know, you might have you know, there'd be a heckler here and there, and it was interspersed, and you're like, up. Oh, it was a random event. Now. They're coming after you. They, yep. they, they, they want to be part of the show. They are, they're videotaping it. They're deliberately poking the bear. You know, it's it gets frustrating at times when you do live shows where you're like, guys, we wrote an act. Shut up. Right. They all want to be right. on YouTube. They're on yeah. YouTube. They feel like they can yell at whatever yep. they want. Mm-hmm. And people feel entitled. Look at the airlines. People just go, I'm oh, entitled. God. No, you're not, man. You're in a oh. tube with a bunch of other people, 36,000 feet in the air. No, you're not allowed to do whatever you want. You can't. You can't let your cat um, suckle from your teeth. You can't do that, man. You got that was pretty. Everybody else. That was a little. When Jamie and I did our live show, we had it was what Jamie like two minutes into the show, she started on you. Oh my god! God. That woman. I fired up that woman. And And somebody overheard her in the bathroom calling a boyfriend to come beat me up after the show or something. (laughs) Yeah, they were going to knife us in the parking lot. Oh God! Whatever. No, right. The yeah, entitlement of people today is just beyond the. It's beyond, man. Well, they the are. other thing that happened with that was that she, we offered her. Well, Jamie offered that I would buy her a uh, free glass of wine to calm her down, which she accepted. Unfortunately, the winer gave her a glass with a hole in it, and Whoops. it spilled all over her. So she thought we had done it on purpose. <laughs> oh God! Yeah, the, the plastic glass had a crack in it and leaked all over her, and she thought that that was my maniacal plan. I had put these glasses at the bar specifically for heckler like it was crazy the conspiracy yeah. theory that she had put up in her head but i mean it makes sense really i suppose it's true you guys mind if i tell just one more quick rodney story because i please, it just it, please, because it literally you got jeff cesario is an old friend i don't know if you guys know jeff cesario you know but yeah, I, lo- I love he just did our show he was just on our show oh he was phenomenal he's the best he tells oh it God, he's, he's an awesome guy on this show, he told me the first time about this he, that he uh, he had just flown out to L.A. and he hooked up with uh, Jerry Seinfeld, whom he had known from New York. But he's going to move to L.A. and he's going to start doing this, that, and the other thing, and he's going to really kick ass. And so he's they're walking along, Seinfeld and Cesario walking along, and they, and here comes Rodney Dangerfield out of the comedy store, right? So he goes, would you, would you like to meet uh, Rodney Dangerfield? And Cesario's like, oh, God, yeah, I'd love to meet Rodney Dangerfield. So they walk up there and he goes, Rodney, uh, I'd like you to meet a, a new young comedian. It's his first day in Los Angeles. He's going to be a brilliant comedian. Rodney Dangerfield, meet Jeff Cesario. And there was a pause. <laughs> and Rodney goes, Cesario, huh? Italian, huh? Stick to the tumbling. <laughs> One of the great stories of all time. I love that story so. By much. the way, your danger field is like broadcast quality. I, should, I, I mean, do you do voiceovers where you are danger? Well, I used to. Your field I've ever heard. That's crazy. Actually, to tell you the truth, I was one of the top twenty-five voiceover guys in America until I got canceled because some asshole ten years ago decided to go after me, and everybody, okay, can't use you anymore. How about Chris Noth? Yeah. Two, yeah. Oh, two, Jesus. 25 years ago said something, and all of a sudden he's lost every job he ever had. I know. It's amazing. <clears throat> but the, you're like, hey, I thought, that, I thought you have to prove something. I'm so confused, you know? And all I did is I wrote a bit for Michael Richards at a Ute. No, that's not right. <laughs> <laughs> you got to tie everything in, don't you? So this word, make sure you use it at least 30 times. Yeah, 30. you got to say this word 30 times, Michael. It has to be that way. That Dangerfield impression is so on, I do sometimes think that if I ever, well, someday I'm going to retire from, from radio, what I might do, because, uh, well, I used to be bigger than Rodney, but now I'm, I'm smaller than Rodney because I lost 101 pounds. But uh, I someday I might actually put on the makeup and actually do a stage act as Rodney Dangerfield. I might actually do that someday. Well, hey, he had that cartoon, right? You could voice that. Bring it back. Yeah, could, yeah it's true. I could bring his cartoon yeah. back. Reboot it. But I, I I don't look like him. But you can make anybody look deep like anybody now. now. You they yeah. could definitely deep fake oh, yeah. you. Oh God, me. yeah. Oh, they're no to look and sound just yeah. like. Yeah, I mean, kind of the same body type, pretty much. You know. Oh yeah, none of that really matters. No. You just basically project yeah. the uh, image onto. I mean, it wouldn't be a live stage show. It would. It would be like probably be better internet. anyway. His Harry Carey is on point like as Bell well, Hilmer Jamie. Does Mark, 
he does Mark Twain. You know, Val Kilmer used to tour Mark oh, Twain. Oh, sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep, Mitch absolutely. I think somebody else did Lincoln. You could do Dangerfield. I could do like Dangerfield. Like a one-man show of Dangerfield. Honest to God, I, so I, good. I so would good. maybe someday I'll get it done. It'd be that I would have a ball doing it. That would be a lot of fun. So just retire to Vegas and be a Dangerfield impersonator. I could there do you that. Go. Right? They, how come they do that? They they can do music impersonations. That's true. Right? They do. Oh, I think they do. They do all that, but do they do comedian impersonators who go up and? I mean, I know they do Joan Rivers and things like that, but I mean, like, do they do a full show? I've seen the like cover the, a comedian, right? Yeah. Like, I've seen the Rat Pack revisited, where they have the three guys up there acting like Sinatra and, yeah, and yeah, Sammy and, yep. and Dean. Mm-hmm. Yep. But I don't think I've ever seen a comedy show. You should just be Stranger yeah. Field. One of the greatest honors of my life, and Andy will remember this, is that when Rodney died, his lovely wife came on and did this show. Yep, and she called no. me and said, Tom. I'd like to come on your show because there's something really special that I think Rodney would enjoy if I did on your show. I said, what do you want to do? He said, I was going through his clothes, and I found a bunch of jokes in one of his pockets that he never used. So she sat on this show for about an hour and told Rodney Dangerfield jokes oh. that had never been heard before. Oh. It was oh, phenomenal. Wow, that's awesome. Well, she should have sent them to you to have you do them as Rodney. <laughs> How long ago was that, Andy? About 20 years ago or something like that? 20? 10, 10 no, years. It was like probably five <laughs> No, it's longer than that. He's been dead a lot longer than that. She was on this show. Yeah, she was on this show. So it was about ten years. Well, ago. they've been doing this show for nine years. Nine years ago. Ain't nobody oh, got time for your out. logic, Andy. Andy's looking it up. He's going to find it. That's all we know. But danger. So field. you guys are going to come on the road. I'm hoping you are going to, aren't you? That's the plan. I mean, hopefully. That's the plan. We're going to try to go out for a like limit, you know, and, and pop out some some tour dates and stuff. Yeah. What do you? But what as you, of now, I mean, we're digging the once a week live thing. Yeah, actually, I it's understand. Kind of expanded. We've done a few extra weeks. Tell it. We have a special Christmas Eve show with uh, none other than the Grinch himself. Yeah, Jamie had a sit-down uh, Oprah-style heart-to-heart interview with the Grinch to kind of get his <laughs> side of things. Uh, it really kind of blew things open. Uh, you know, I've seen the footage uh, of what Jamie shot, and I, I was moved. I, I, I had the, uh, things completely wrong about him. We go through the book, and, and it's written. I mean, obviously, Dr. Seuss wrote it, and it's not. That's not even that guy's real name. That's Theodore Geisel. <laughs> Theodore Geisel. It's not even his real name. Not even a doctor. Yeah, liar. He, yeah, he exactly. He's a doctor. He's not a doctor. I know. He's a liar. The doctor lies, according to the Grinch. <laughs> <laughs> and all of a sudden, you start to find out he's quietly living on a mountain, and he his next-door neighbors are up at the crack of dawn, you know, making a lot of racket. And they're terrible neighbors, and all of a sudden, he's the bad guy? I, I don't buy it. Mm. Oh, yeah, yeah, and I don't, I don't want to let too much slip, but, you know, he let it be known to, to, uh, to Jamie that uh, that whole thing in Hoodville was a front for a drug cartel. Sure. Yeah, oh, I, you knew it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You guys have some time, or do you, do you, do you have, is there a time you need to be out by? No. I, I have to be out by, like, January 8th. By January 8th, because we've got to take a very quick two-minute break and be right back, right after this, with the family. And we are back with Stretch's picks. Who's winning this thing? The Kitties, the Pack, the Bears, or the Purple? None of the above. Those are all the teams in the division. I know that. Well, who's your pick? I'm going with Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. What? It's not a football team. Sabre is one of the largest Bryant dealers in the state, which means you save. Yep, I'm going with Sabre, Sabre and Bryant, doing whatever it takes to keep you comfortable. Oh, uh, one more thing, Tom. What's that? Visit SaberHeating.com. Tom here, and I'm talking with Brad Huckle and Mike Bilski of North American Banking Company. We've talked before about how working with a community bank like North American Banking Company can benefit business owners. Do you have an example you could share with our listeners? Our customers at Homeco Insulation and Blaine have been banking with a big bank for many years, but suddenly their calls weren't getting returned and their banker was unresponsive to their business needs. You can imagine their frustration. They had a successful business, wanted to expand, and their bank cut them off. They were ready to move on from their big bank. When they were referred to us, we knew they wanted to work with a community bank that would be responsive and would take the time to understand their business and its needs. That sounds like a perfect fit. I know it can always reach out and not only talk to an actual person, but I'm talking to an experienced lender. They've told us the same thing, Tommy. Look, I know Brad and Mike and I trust them with my banking. My whole family does. So why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience member fdic and equal housing lender tom here and i really love my pillow and now they're offering my pillow towels 100 usa cotton 
You get two bath, two hand, and two washcloths, 60-day money-back guarantee, and right now my pillow towels, originally priced $109.99, now a flash sale, $39.99 with promo code KQRS. This amazing deal is yours by going to the radio listener specials at MyPillow.com. Enter promo code KQRS. That's MyPillow.com, promo code KQRS. you did to me now, Dave. What's that? You brought up Harry, and I keep thinking of the last time we had him on, and he, and Gelfand, and I can't remember else, I, just, I think it was Sansevier, Sansevier and Gelfand started kind of teasing him, they, they were teasing Harry Carey, and all of a sudden, there's a long pause, and I hear, Barnard, control your monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> Which I thought was brilliant. I grew up with Harry Carey in Chicago. Oh, I love him. I mean, Harry. not like we were contemporaries and we went to Harry. school together, but I grew up watching him commentate for the for the sure. uh, Cubs, the White was, Sox, and then the Cubs. Yeah. And it was just great to watch him slowly get drunk as the as the game progressed. And oh, it was yeah. a long ass boring game. My favorite part is when he would like tell people. Um, he'd be sitting there, and all of a sudden you hear him t- tell Steve Stone, he's like. Ryan Sandberg. If you say the name backwards, it's Gubinrah Sanderier. <laughs> and Steve would just go, all right. <laughs> all right, Harry. Uh, uh, thank you, Harry. And I played That's for you the, the, uh, the Cracker Jack rant that he yeah. went on, which was hilarious. If he you guys haven't phenomenal. heard it, go listen on YouTube to the Cracker Jack rant. He, he's phenomenal. I don't even know why we talk about Cracker Jack. I was eight years old. I got the box. And there's no damn prize. And they don't I, have prize anymore? He didn't get one in his box. And he's like, oh. what kind of cra- It's a swing and a miss. And then he like goes right, in, right back, back into back that. Into and, then he's right, and then he's like, yeah, the kid's saving up that dime to get that box. And then he opens it up. And there's no prize inside. It just is like he's so mad. Not that he the rants about were, it for 15 minutes during the live segment. Not that the prizes were super great anyway. But Hey, how hey. dare you? The Although, smiley face, you can do it tattoos? Yeah. Come on. Harry what? with Jimmy Pearsall was the all-time yeah. best. Those two together, honest to God. They were incredibly good. Remember what Pearsall said working with Harry in the White Sox game? No, what was that? They're on TV, and they, they pan behind the plate into the seats, and all these very pretty women. And Jimmy Pearsall goes, Harry, look at that. They're showing all the players' wives, a bunch of horny broads looking for a free ride. <laughs> wow, Jimmy Pearsall said that? Yeah. He said that on television. <laughs> I just remember when Steve Stone, I think, posed for Playgirl. And, oh, and God. on air, oh, God. on air, he brings uh, Harry brings it up, and he goes, "Most guys built like you wouldn't have done that." <laughs> See, this is what I'm saying. You guys, man, you got to get on the road. Well, not now because it's too damn cold. Don't get on the road now. I've decided it's too slippery that if I were to die Florida. today, I want to come back reincarnated as one of Jason's kids. Oh, is that right? He's got to be one of the greatest dads. Not his... anymore. No, I don't care. I'll be. Uh, yeah, I'll just take over <laughs> the soul be, of uh, one of your uh, soulless like twins. Possession. Well, I mean, there is a vacancy of soul there, so I guess you could move right in. <laughs> Jason is a superhero fan. He his kids are dressed like superheroes. His wife is dressed. Like, they're constantly Christmas decorations, Halloween. This guy goes all out. Do you ever being partnered with him on the show, Jamie? Do you ever feel like you're kind of lacking as a parent when you see all the stuff Jason's doing? Dude, I, I don't need him. I mean, my wife tells me how I'm lacking this. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Constant, uh, I mean, there's a there's a sheet. every. I open the refrigerator. You know how some couples write little notes like, I love you and stuff? <laughs> no, uh, I don't. Most of the times I open the medicine cabinet, there's just a note that says, you're a terrible parent. <laughs> <laughs> we're married to the same woman. I didn't even know that. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, I kind of wish we were, because that would mean she'd only be here half the time. Oh, wow. I'm Joking, like we love each other. We're in total bliss. Don't worry, she's not listening. No, she doesn't. She doesn't even know what I do for a living. Just recently, a friend texted her a picture of me. I was in like um, I was cleaning up a murder scene in like a jumpsuit, and she was like, "What are you? What are you doing? Are you working as a?" I go. That's a movie I shot last summer. Ding dong, it's on Netflix. Well, she thought you're just picking up a little side money as a CSI guy. 
I was like, do you know what I do for a living? Do, have you, do you any what I do? No, no idea. <laughs> I love it. Absolutely love I it. I love that in her mind, at some point, she just thought, you're out legitimately helping clean up crime scenes. That's what she, I, she was like. What is happening? What are you doing in a jumpsuit cleaning up a murder scene? I was like, uh, Kate, I'm in a movie on Netflix called Aftermath. One of your yeah, friends, times I'm are tough, though. Like, I mean, I get it. <laughs> yeah, there you yeah. go. <laughs> this is the time of year, too. I, I'm in I'm in the family stone. I'm not big. I play the husband who's missing the whole time, and then he comes back at the very end of the movie to basically let Oh, you know spoiler alert. Thanks, Kaler. Yeah. That's the end and, of it. Uh, I was going to watch So it. I get text messages every day like, hey, man, I'm watching Family Stone. And, uh, uh, yeah, I, yeah, I started 25 years ago. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but thank you. I appreciate you taking the time. No, there's no doubt about that. I, you know, it's, you know, the great thing about it is, is what I really like after what 51 years now in the in the business, interviewing people. One of the great things is you guys, you can just tell by your demeanor that you guys actually really like working with one another. You know, you know, not like Martin and Lewis, where you're ready to just break up at any minute. You know what I mean? No, he sounds. By like the way, a lot of fun. maybe the greatest comedy duo of all time. Of all time, <clears throat> those two together were they're people just. People don't amazing. even understand how. You were talking about that that Tonight Show you talked about with uh, Roddy Dangerfield. Sixty million people probably watched it that yeah, night. You're right. Live. Yeah, you're right. Nowadays, if if five hundred thousand people watch a show, it's a hit. Yep. Yeah, that's right. My six hundred pound sisters and I, uh, reality <laughs> stars, my six hundred, teen pregnant mom uh, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's but you think about the power of television then, but it's so. Um, you know, it's watered down so much now that it, it, everybody's in their own little clique of like twelve people that watch a show. Yeah, yeah. five rating is considered like fantastic these days. Oh, isn't that and sad? That's true. That's absolutely true. Well, I mean, you got television, radio, and the newspapers are just about done. Maybe, maybe five years, and morning shows might last another eight to ten years, and that's going to be about it. Yeah, total total agreement. I don't know what's happening, man. It's it, we almost need something to unify. Every, I mean, we almost need an electromagnetic yeah. pulse to just shut everything down and go back to the Gutenberg press. <laughs> I like reset. Elon Musk is already me. doing that. He's he's injecting us with microchips mm-hmm. uh, in our brain so that you can do different things now. And I think we're just going to be beamed television messages right. uh, and, and our, our stuff will just appear inside our head so we can watch it that way. The Matrix opens today, right? There you oh, go. That's true, yeah. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's today. true. Yeah, it does. I was wrong, by the way. Uh, 2020, uh, 2020 to 21 season, nothing got a five rating. Oh, God. Oh. NFL Sunday Night Football only got 4.8. Oh, that's not good. No, that is not they good. They don't watch television. They, uh, people under 40 do not read newspapers. They don't listen to radio. Yeah. They don't watch television. They, they binged. Oh, well, yeah, this is the 18 to 49. Yes, they do. This is the 18 to 49 demo, which is the only one they report because On they're television, yeah. out of touch. Yeah. But, yeah, nothing get, hit five. They, I think most of them get their news from some realtor out of, like, Pensacola, Florida, who's got a got a little webcam or something set up is that how much oh, yeah that's nancy she's fantastic <laughs> she's really and honestly if you're looking for a place in pensacola you can't go wrong she'll help find she'll help find you a nice house sure it's understandable no question <laughs> there's no doubt about that it always it, those ratings always make me laugh because you know when you watch tv or something you'll see jaws sure. and you'll be like it'll have like a 98 percent on rotten tomatoes and you're like really two percent were like nah that's a terrible movie like, <laughs> i'm not not like, how does The Godfather not have a hundred, one hundred percent? I know. Movie, right? Somebody was like, no, not for me. Couldn't get through it. Mm-hmm. Couldn't get through The Godfather. That's, right. boy, I tell you, to this day. Godfather 3, I can understand. That's well, yeah, not a great hates the Godfather. Three. Watch it again. It's not as bad as you think. Did, Andy Garcia is actually pretty good in it. Right. And Joe Montaigne. Didn't him. they cut a different version of Godfather 3 that's yeah, available yeah. now? Yeah, they did. Oda. Yeah. It's Oda, yeah. Oda is it better? It's actually way better really way better tom's, yeah, thought, tom's yeah. rolling his God, eyes God. at you jamie you've just lost all favor in his book no i i rolled my eyes and said you know jamie reminds me a lot of marlon brando in the younger days that's what you telegraphed days. me with that roll of the eyes you know honest to god you know so i cleaned it up by going in his younger days yeah, in his because younger marlon days. at the end was about four bills so you know listen it's not gonna you can't i mean but it's like the mate the, the first matrix is a perfect film 
Yeah. You don't even want a sequel, but unfortunately it made so much money they had to. I actually yeah. went back and watched Matrix Revolutions again because I wanted to see where I was in the story for the new Matrix. And it wasn't as bad as I remember it. It's just the problem was it was trying to live up to Matrix 1 in the right. same way. Yeah, exactly. If you didn't have Godfather 1 and 2, you'd be like, ah, 3 was a pretty good movie. But the problem is 1 and 2 are like the greatest films of all time. So it's really hard to... Yeah, it's hard to live up to that. They are indeed. Hey, speaking of that, by the way, I was asking the listeners this morning on the on the morning show to recommend a Christmas movie. I'm trying to find a couple of Christmas movies because, oh, you might like this one. <clears throat> Andy, I don't think you've heard this one yet. I've got a five-year-old granddaughter and a three-year-old grandson. Now, Andy here just they had a baby born on my birthday, November 7th, mm-hmm. so a little over a by month. By the way, old. Andy, you look great after giving birth. You really do. You look fantastic. It's all the folic acid. <laughs> It's all the folic acid. It's good for him, good for me. So I get a FaceTime from my my daughter yesterday, and I go to the FaceTime, and it's not my daughter. It's my five-year-old granddaughter. And she said, she calls me Bop Bop. She goes, hey, Bop Bop, I want to come over. And I said, oh, I'm sorry, Fonny, you can't come over because i got I got to go to a business dinner I have to go to tonight. She goes, what? I said, I, I got business I have to do. I'm not going to be home tonight, so you can't come over. She goes, what do you mean? I said, I'm not going to be here. <laughs> So you can't come over, and there's a long pause, and she goes, "I'm never coming to your house again." Oh, wow. Wow. Funny, channeling a little Pesci on you. Yeah, a little Joe what Pesci. Mean? What do you mean you're not what available? Mean? What are you not available? What are you talking about? Not available? <laughs> oh, <Jim. laughs> Honest to God. That's a good one too, man. Who was doing that? Is that dumb? Yeah. Yeah, I got I don't oh, know. There's dude, something wrong with my brain. I never tried to do Pesci before. I didn't know I could do that, so now I, now I could use oh, that. Oh, it's really good, yeah. yeah. I'll have to work on it. You keep cutting away, kid. You you're going to carve a name out for yourself. <laughs> yeah, that's right. One of these days, it might break through. You'll, I, you'll break through the uh, <clears throat> moniker of the Popcorn King and become something else. Oh, God. No, let me pass that Is on to the Is he still around? Popcorn I don't King? know. So I'm sitting I, next to him. 35 <laughs> years ago, I get this call. The people want you to come out to the state fair in Carver County. They want they, they want to see you because your show took off, and they want to they want you to come out to the the Carver County Fair. I said, okay, no problem. So I go out there, and they go, ladies and gentlemen, Tom Bernard, and I walk out on stage. Nothing. People <laughs> just staring at me, and there's no noise at all. And I'm like, what the hell? And all of a sudden, this guy who's about 80 and standing right, right, uh, right in front of the stage, he looks, he looks up at me and goes, you're not the popcorn king. I went, what? <laughs> Apparently, there's a guy, the popcorn king, whose name is Tom Bernard, and they thought I was going to come out and talk about popcorn. <laughs> and it was packed. That's the crazy thing. Packed. Everybody came out to see the great popcorn king. The great king. popcorn king, and I stiffed them all by showing up. My lame ass showed up and ruined everything. What are you going to do? So, I mean, did you try and adopt the Popcorn King moniker after that? Because, I mean, he already had a built-in audience. What, you, you don't like caramel? You don't like cheese corn? I mean, what's the problem here? <laughs> Talk about all the time. Now, the mixture of cheese and caramel together, that would be the Popcorn King's favorite. <laughs> yeah, just start schmoozing about popcorn. I'd love that. The Popcorn King sounds like something from a Rankin and Bass uh, Christmas cartoon, it does, doesn't it? Doesn't it? Yeah, he's like the villain of, of one of those things. He's kidnapped toys or something. And that's oh, I'm going to turn, turn all the gingerbread into popcorn. Good yes, God. That's exactly it. Do you guys have – I'm not in the spirit for this holiday. This is the first Christmas in my 54 years alive. Well, maybe my first Christmas I wasn't into it. I was only no, a month old. The first one or two. Yeah, yeah. but, uh, yeah, but from that point forward, I just, I've just i always loved Christmas this year. Like, we haven't we haven't put up our Christmas tree yet. Wow. So That's going up tonight. I know. I don't like to be rushed, I don't like to be rushed. COVID, I wasn't even sure if I was going to be around to help take it down. So let's just, you know, hold off till the 22nd, and then we'll put it up. I understand. But I, I, do you, are you guys feeling the merry this year? I'm not. I have a problem in that I got uh, this business thing that I'm dealing with that I don't want to deal with. It's it's it sounds very mobbish. The I way can't you said really, that. Well, it is very mobbish. As a matter of fact, guy I don't want to get rid of, but he's just causing so many problems. It might be mobbish only if they find the bodies. That's let me put it that way. Yeah. Now somebody's being a massive pain in the ass right now, and I have to deal with it. So I'm really not in a Christmas mood because this person is being such an asshole. I just it drives me nuts. But so just one do? person's bringing your whole. So this guy needs yeah. to go. If he's got that power to make to take away your, I just feel like there's I no know. joy, no joy in my life. Hey, it's <laughs> well, you're not is that a one. problem? <laughs> well, 
want you to be a woke woman. Say, Cassie, what do you think about yeah. that? Yeah, well, I mean, I love my wife and kids, but it's just, even she, she's just like, I have no energy to put anything up or want to do yeah, Christmas tough. this year. Yeah, it's tough. It's yeah. different from us because we got a kid now, so it's like his first yeah. Christmas. You, oh, you're all You're obligated up. to put yeah, in the effort. We, we, got, we got bamboozled into it by, the, by our oldest because he's six now, and he's like, oh. there is no chance in this world that Christmas is not coming to yeah. our home. Mm-hmm. No, you're absolutely Family, right. I'm going to the airport today to pick up my in-laws with two more kids oh. who staying in my house. How's that? Is that going to be good? Four kids in my house. And uh, so I get to go to LAX tonight for like probably seven, eight oh, hours. Oh, God. Oh, no. So where yeah. should we send the scotch? Uh, it's right to LAX. Probably. Yeah. Right. I'll <laughs> be there long enough to drink it all. Merry <laughs> Christmas. Daddy's going to go get drunk. I'm going into my Zen state, man. It's yeah. like every day it's just survive in advance. But um, yeah, my kids are all over Christmas, so you don't really have a choice. But, yep. Uh, yeah. I do love Christmas. I, I do. I have been a big Christmas fan my whole life. Love it. No yeah. doubt about it. But uh, again, having this pain in the ass going on right now, it, it, it's it's knocking it down a few notches. You're right. Yeah. It's just the yeah. way it is, you know. So basically, all I have to do is. No, I can't tell you what I have to do. No, you then can't I get arrested. <laughs> That's right. Plausible <laughs> deniability, Tom. If you could please be quiet from this point forward. I don't know what happened. He just disappeared. I never saw him again. Get your mouth shut and call your lawyer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. That's hey, exactly. Gowan, how old are the twins? Uh, two and a half. Are they oh, are they babies. like aware of Christmas at this point? I don't remember kids being that young, even though I've had eleven so, of them. So because ours have a little bit of a, a speech delay. I guess it's pretty typical of twins. Uh, so they're oh, not sure. talking yet, but they 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 know something is happening because obviously we brought a tree in the house. We threw some candy canes on it. Oh. Uh, so they they know something is happening, but they don't understand it like yeah. especially in the same way that the six-year-old does and they don't hold the same reverence because i saw the video you posted of the christmas tree debacle yeah so we we kind of got to the bottom of that i i came in and my tree was trashed <laughs> and all over the ground and the, the twins you know pop up from behind it and i asked them who did it uh my son my youngest son that we call the dark lord looked me straight in the eye and told me that i in fact did it so i was like oh okay so you're you're framing me to me um but on uh, inspection of our ring camera that's in the ca- in the living room um they had eaten all the candy canes that were on the lower mm-hmm. end of the tree and they climbed on our couch to try to get some from the top and they lost their balance and both of them and the tree came a tumbling uh, oh, humpty dumpty style down <laughs> yeah, but that's a great Christmas thing, and what a yeah. great tradition! Yeah, <laughs> yeah, oh, the, the annual Gowan family tree tumble. <laughs> I tell you, the aunt's got two and a half year old twins. That's what a great life you got. That's wonderful. I love the fact they that are the reason I drink, Tom. They <laughs> are the I See, I told you it was a great thing. My my granddaughter <laughs> and grandson, right? They're just two little sweethearts. They're. Um, my, my my grandson's about to become four. My granddaughter's going to be five. And about a year and a half ago, their babysitter decided to try something. So she she put, sets her phone up so it's video recording. And she takes out some fruit snacks and she puts them on the table. And she, and she goes, hey, guys, I want to do something cool. But don't we'll, we'll do this. I have to go to the bathroom. Don't touch. Don't eat your fruit snacks. And I'll be right back. And she darts into the bathroom. And it's, I mean, not a second after the bathroom door shuts, my granddaughter points at my, my grandson and she goes, I'm going to eat them. He goes, <laughs> he goes, no, Stella, don't. She goes, yeah, I'm going to eat them. And she's looking around and, and she's trying to get Sully to go along with her, right, but he's not right. having it. But he won't rat her out, but he's just not going to get his hands dirty. Right. So she's looking at it and it's crazy to see the brain working. And all of a sudden she looks back towards the camera. And she kind of gives him the high sign, and she gives him the one finger of, I'll be right back. She gets up off the couch, goes over, and finds the actual bag of fruit snacks and grabs a handful, shoves them in her mouth, and comes and sits down. And she's chewing through the – so she didn't touch the ones on the table. (laughs) And the the babysitter comes out, and she's like, oh, you guys – oh, you didn't touch it. I'm so proud of you. And my my granddaughter's trying not to smile because she's got a mouthful. And she's like smirking and kind of thumbs up and – and Sully's looking at her and looking at the babysitter, and he's like, this, this shit's going to go sideways quick. <laughs> and and then you see my granddaughter kind of 
give the big smile and then she smiled. The, the, the uh, babysitter didn't realize till she reviewed the footage that my granddaughter went around and ate it straight out of the bag, leaving the two piles alone. So Phenomenal. she was, yeah, she was Columboing this thing. She was, she found That's an, right. uh, you know, what was it? Alfred Hitchcock presents where the woman kills her husband with the leg of lamb and then lamb throws and, it in and, the oven. Yeah, yeah. And, and then feeds it to the cops. Feeds it, it to, to the, the cops. cops. Exactly. That's exactly what she did. Yeah, it was that, true. that great little. I'll just, I'll leave these alone, but I'll eat from the bigger pile. Nothing yeah, there's a famous, there's a famous experiment from many years ago where. They had children, and they offered the kid a marshmallow. Yep. And they said, you can either eat this marshmallow now, or if you wait 20 minutes, I'll give you two marshmallows. And then they followed those kids throughout life. And the kids who ate the marshmallow right away did not turn out well. Mm -hmm. But the kids who had patience and waited for the two marshmallows had fantastic lives. And uh, it just shows you. I try to do that with my kids all the time. One does it really well. The other one's not a chance. And I think <laughs> it's hard to change them. It's really hard. But yeah. if you can teach kids – patience and you know good things come to people who wait then it, it helps them in their lives but it's super hard to do mm -hmm. impulsivity i don't know, I, is I don't know what good. to teach my kids because i definitely was a single marshmallow guy <laughs> well see there you go yeah i don't want two marshmallows one's good yeah yeah i uh, how do you teach patience at this point when you know i feel ineffective as a father because i feel like Here's here's what my parents imbued on me. I was like the last generation of kids that got spanked or hit quickly yeah, yeah. without thought. And then it was like as soon as I was like a teenager, it was my parents and my aunts and uncles who were all levying for, oh, we should stop hitting children. And it should be all about conversation and timeouts. And then it became like everybody looked down upon you if you give your kid a, a quick crack. Right. Right. And there's definitely a difference between getting a swat on the ass to get your attention and beating somebody brutally, yeah, right? No so there's difference between a quick slap and, and child abuse. Yeah. But it's it seems like my generation was the last. We took the brunt of it, and then they pulled it yeah, away from us so we true. couldn't do it to any of our kids. You're still carrying it with Sons you. Sons of bitches. So I, See, I, got, I, got around, I got a way around that. What I did is I gave them a, a necklace for their birthday. Mm -hmm. And then um, if she goes to eat the first marshmallow, uh, it's, a, it's an electric shock. And I, yes. it's like a dog yes. collar. So has she learned patience or has she just learned pain tolerance? A little of both. Yeah. But I think pain tolerance <laughs> is an important skill, too. That Dave. is and true. Yeah. Hard yeah, Pavlov's daughter, I guess. <laughs> Pavlov's daughter. <laughs> yeah, yes. That's the name of your next book, Jamie. Dude, that's that's going to be a t-shirt, too, yeah. Pavlov's daughter. I'm wearing a t-shirt. This is our new t-shirt. It says, I'm going to count to three. One, two, and that's it. It just ends. Yep. And it just ends. <laughs> no one ever finds out what happens at three. Nobody ever legs. gets to three, man. <laughs> Makes me laugh. We got to take a break here for about five minutes. We got you guys got to you got to get going. You want to stick around for a bit longer? I mean, oh, so five minutes is perfect. I'll make a new cup of coffee and I'll be right back. Okay, we'll take a five minute break and we'll come back with the hour two. It'll be wonderful. Thanks for coming.